Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. We recently just joined as members, and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at p-o-d-g-o dot c-o. Episode 40 of the Spivey Special Podcast, podcast where we talk about junk food and sports and everything else. As long as those things are junk food and sports. <laughs> we got another fun episode on deck today. Uh, we're going to be talking about waffle pizza dippers, which we've made. We're going to, we already ate them. We're going to rate them later on in the show. We're going to kind of give you a little tips of the trade there for the recipe we added some things we added some different dipping sauces which you might be appetized by later we're also going to be talking about uh the goat well the goats (laughs) it's a sheep (laughs) we're going to be talking about uh the revolution of the nathan's hot dog eating contest we're going to be talking about both the tsunami and Joey Chestnut. Joey Chestnut. I love Joey Chestnut. Is there anything more American than the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest? I don't think so. That's top show. Yeah. It's all about patriotism and overeating, so it's pretty American. Yeah, as we'll find out more why it started, I think those are two of the reasons. It could be. All right, well, let's go ahead and jump into the show. Um, We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back with Food Court Files. All rise, it's time for the Food Court Files. All right, this week for Food Court Files, we uh, we upped the difficulty level on our recipe this week. Instead of uh, three ingredients, we've upped it to seven, and we've made something a little bit more exciting. We found this one on food.com. We made waffle pizza dippers. It's ready in 15 minutes. It serves eight, question mark? more like two yeah it's what it fed for us but like you said a little bit more ingredients but it's still not something that's super difficult but something that kids would enjoy and fat dudes too. dudes yeah yeah it's a good brunch meal i'd say it's perfect for brunch because it combines both breakfast and lunch is that what brunch is yeah nice yeah classic i don't know if you knew that or not <laughs> All right, so let's get into uh, let's get into this one. Um, we'll, we'll, we've already made it. We we ate it. That's why and we're, we're s- going to review it. I don't know if I've even come up with my rating yet, but Me we'll do it on the fly. Why not? All right, let's talk about how we made this thing. So we needed seven ingredients. Try one of you read them down for us. Seven ingredients. We need one and three fourths cups of shredded mozzarella cheese, fourth cup of shredded Parmesan cheese a half teaspoon of both dried basil leaves and dried oregano leaves, two eight-ounce cans of refrigerated crescent crescent dinner rolls, one 14-ounce jar of pizza sauce, and 32 small pepperoni slices. All right, and we're going to put those together and make magic. Magic. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it was really good. It was very good. All right. The other thing that we're going to need for this, which is not listed in the ingredients, is a waffle maker. Well, if you couldn't guess by the waffle in the title, we needed that to make it. I don't think that's an ingredient, though. But it is a requirement. Requirement. I like that better. Unless we're just learning so many cooking terms. <laughs> I feel like Rachel Ray. You kind of look more like uh, the other one. <laughs> come on, come on, come up with the fat chef. You could do it. Any of them, really. <laughs> if you're a good chef, you're bigger. Yeah, don't trust the skinny chef. Mm-mm. That's a rule. All right, um, directions for this. Step one, heat up your waffle maker. If it's got an on-off switch like ours, you turn it on. If it has a setting, it wants you to do it at a medium-high heat, but I don't really think it really matters. I don't, I don't think so either. Just whatever if you, you just have a plug-in and a light turns on and that's it, that's probably fine. Whatever you make a waffle with, just use that. Yep. All right. In a medium bowl, we're going to combine our cheeses and our spices, the basil and the oregano. We're going to stir those bad boys up, and then we're going to push them off to the side. Get out of here, cheeses. We don't want you right now. We're going to hang out with you a little bit later, but not right now. That's step two of six. All right. Uh, in a little bowl, we're going to heat up the pizza sauce. We just did it in the microwave. I guess you could do it however, and then we're going to use that for dipping later on, but you want to give that a chance to cool down before. You're not, you're not going to need, personally, because we used another dipping sauce, which we'll talk about, which was syrup, and it was a great idea. Yeah. But that pizza sauce, you're not going to need too much of it. I think that the waffle pizza in general has pretty good flavor, so you're just going to need a little bit. So you probably aren't going to need that. You're not going to need 14 ounces of pizza sauce to dip. No. We don't need all of that. No, it's too much. Unless you make, like, quadruple the, the recipe. Zack it. Zack it. Yeah, that's what it's called. Zack's coming. <laughs> all right, we're going to get into the tricky part now. So we're going to get out a cutting board. We're going to unroll both cans of the dough. This is where it gets tricky. So you got, like, each of the little tubes has two, like, squares mm. that are cut into triangles, which is weird. Makes sense if you're making crescent rolls, but not really for this. <laughs> so we're going to leave those in rectangles. We're going to stack the other one like slightly above it and connect them by pressing them together. And we're going to make sure where the dough is perforated down um, diagonally for the diagonal cut for the crescent rolls that we squeeze that together too because we need this to be the basically the outside. We're basically making a calzone in a waffle maker. Yeah, if that so, makes sense. So you're going to take... They're going to be touching together like this. You're going to take one, you're going to put it on top of the other one, and then make like a, it's a, it tells you a seven by six inch rectangle, but we didn't have our measuring tape. We kind of just went for it. Yeah. There's three and a half pencil erasers. Yeah. So you're going to make four of those because you're going to make a total of two waffle pizzas. All right. That's where it is. Now it gets a little exciting at this point. (laughs) A lot of exciting. So now we've got our hot waffle maker. I'm glad that we had two people because I would have been extra stressed out, I think, if we did this one. Well, what's crazy, too, is in the instructions, which we'll post on our website, spiveyspecialpodcast.com, just to hurry. So that's very vague. (laughs) Us hurrying is not like a strong suit for us. So we put our first layer of our dough down on the waffle maker, and then we quickly pour the cheese... You're going to take half of what's in that bowl. It says about a cup. 
That's way too much. We've, we realize that's way too much. So we, we did on our second one a half cup. We think a half cup of cheese was plenty. And it was like still too much. Yeah, so once you put that cheese down, you're going to try to spread it out as much as you can. Try to keep it more in the middle so it doesn't ooze out the sides, which happened to us on our first one. Right. And then you're going to quickly put half your pepperonis down. It says half of 32, which is 16, but that was a lot of pepperonis in that small of area. Yeah, it took up a lot of the room on the inside of our uh, thing here. Not a lot of room for cheese. The cheese had to go somewhere when it started melting. So, All right, once we get that down, we put another layer on top. Um, of the crescent roll. Yeah, we take the, the rest of the crescent roll, we put it on top of the cheese and the pepperoni. We shut the waffle maker and we cook for two and a half minutes, three minutes, however long your two, waffle maker takes. Yeah, two to three minutes is what it says. We might have done a little bit less. I think it might have been a little crispy, especially on the second one. Because as you know, once the, awful, once the waffle iron gets hot, it cooks a little bit faster. Yeah, you do want to make sure that you spray the waffle maker with uh, some yes. sort of non-stick <laughs> Pam or whatever so that it doesn't stick as well. Um, and then after that, take it out. We let it cool for 30 seconds, and then uh, you're ready to go at this point. So you cut it. You know how a Belgian waffle usually has four pieces. You're going to go ahead and cut it in those four pieces, and then you're going to cut those four pieces into half to get triangles. So you're going to have eight dippers with that one waffled pizza, but the recipe makes two waffled pizzas. So you're going to have 16 triangle dippers to use. That's a good amount of waffle dippers. <laughs> we ate most of them. We ate way, way more than we should have. Without sure. a doubt. So if we were going to redo this, I think there's a few things that we would do. Um, Zach? Uh, I think that we would try to put the whole thing together at once and then set it in the waffle maker. I think if we could tuck the dough all the way around, that would work better. Because I think we had holes in it. And at some point, like the cheese kept oozing out from the same spot. Wasted a lot of cheese. It ended up on the tray underneath the waffle iron. Um, yeah, I think if you made it kind of like a, like a calzone almost on your cutting board and then right. just placed it on the waffle maker and you know shut it, I think it probably would have worked out better that way. Yeah. I think less, less cheese is probably ideal. Once you squeeze it in that waffle maker, there's no way a cup of cheese is staying inside of that thing. I don't... Even if you calzone it, I think it's going to still... Yeah, fire through. Yeah. And that's probably the only time you'll ever hear us say less cheese. Because if you saw us last week that we had too much cheese. We could have just taken the extra cheese and put it on top of the waffle dipper now that I'm thinking about it. You did that. Oh, I did do that. <laughs> I, took, I took the extra gooey cheese from the side of the waffle maker and I put it on. Yeah, that was really good. It was good. It was good for me, too. Kind of looked like the pizza cheese with the little oregano and basil leaves in it. Looked good. It kind of looked like the oozy cheese that we wanted out of our grilled cheese sandwich from last week that didn't happen. Yeah, sometimes you got to just throw your recipes together. Yep. But again, this is a pretty easy, um, we were able to do it, so it was a pretty easy recipe to follow. I think it's very kid-friendly. It wasn't difficult, you know, not... Shout out to Heather for making it not difficult by showing us what we were supposed to be doing. Yeah, and taking pictures of us. <laughs> These yeah. beautiful pictures that have been laced throughout this video. <laughs> now let's get to the rating system because this is the food court files. And as we always do, because it's our second one and we did it last time, we like to rate the recipes by Spivey Specials. Zero being the worst and five being the best. Zach, why don't you give us the rating first this week? 
I am going to rate it three and a half. It's going to be a tie for me with last week with the uh, the bacon wrap grilled cheese. I thought there were things that we could do to make it better. It was a little simpler. I thought it was good. I don't like that the uh, syrup wasn't an option in the original recipe, and we had it to ad-lib that in there. That would have taken it higher had that been part of it. Yeah, the thing is, I mean, when you're thinking, you're using crescent rolls, so it's not really a waffle. So I think that's why they probably shied away from the syrup as a dipper. But if it looks like a waffle, it talks like a waffle, it throws like a waffle, I think it might be a waffle. So I think the syrup dipper, which isn't on the original recipe, is a good addition to use. I think if the cheese would have stayed in a little bit better, I think I would have been a little bit higher rating. But we lost a lot of cheese at the side. And we, we were missing that, I think. I think uh, operator error for most of these things we're going to make probably. is probably going to be a thing. But as we learn and we get better, um, this is something we might even make for a family brunch and we can use it as an appetizer because who doesn't Absolutely. need an appetizer for a brunch? That's breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> On the way over. Yeah. Um, if I'm going to give it a rating, I'm going to give it a little bit lower. Uh, I'm going to give it a three. Last week I gave a four to the bacon wrap grilled cheese, but this week I'm going to give it a three. I thought the flavor could have been better, but again, that might have been an operator error for us. It was it was tasty, don't get me wrong. The pizza sauce was a good dip. The syrup was also a good dip, but I think because of our lack of skills cooking, I think with more topping stayed in the middle would have been better. So okay. I'm going to rate it a three because we weren't as good as I hoped we were, but it still was very good. I had delicious. higher hopes for this recipe than I did over last week. And it didn't meet the expectations. Yeah, the pitcher they had. I thought it tasted better than last week's. Wasn't as but it was below expectations, which is how I have them with the same score. It just wasn't as fun either. I think the dangerous factor of the bacon grease flopping out because you weren't mm-hmm. wearing a shirt was so much more fun last week <laughs> than this one. But it, it's still high risk, high reward. You know, that's a hot off waffle iron. Yeah. You got to hurry to put the cheese and pepperonis in. Definitely something I would make again. Yeah. And eat again, without a doubt. Definitely check out the recipe. I'm sure you would make it better than us, too. So check out the recipe on our website, spiveyspecialpodcast.com. We'll have the recipe up there with the ingredients and probably some pictures of us making it as well. And, um, yeah, I think that's all we got for Food Court Files. Um, If you see any crazy recipes out there or if you have a crazy recipe and possibly want to come on the show and do it with us, you're more than welcome to hit us up on social media at Spivey Special. You can also contact us on SpiveySpecialPodcast.com. Just click the contact link at the top of the page. Or just put, like, a Batman logo up. Yeah, just shoot a... We'll come and eat. Shoot like a pizza light into the sky and we'll find it. I think that's how you get the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. How about a waffle dipper? Mm. Okay. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I think that's all we got for Food Court Files. That was fun. That was fun. Delicious. Very good. Easy. Semi-easy cleanup. Yeah, we just had Heather do it. Perfect. (laughs) Do you like the sweet taste of Mountain Dew? Do you like your vodka to be both inexpensive and flavored like melons? Then have we got a beverage for you. From the minds of the host of the wildly popular podcast that shares its name, we bring you the Spivey Special. One part Mountain Dew, three to four parts Burnett's Watermelon Vodka, 
100% fun. Drink one at your next party or at 3 a.m. playing Halo 3. Please enjoy responsibly. Sports Chug with the Spivey Brothers. Cubs are good. Get the ball to big country. Generic soccer take. All right, that's enough. I'm out of breath. All right, this week for sports jog, we're going uh, we're going on the outer limits of our sports. We're going to be talking about the GOAT today. Probably, in my opinion, one of the greatest athletes of all time. The most dominant of their sport of all time, for sure. Maybe. A couple of them. A couple of them, yeah. A couple GOATs. We got a herd. A couple of GOATs. This is, this is a big one. We're going to be talking about the revolution of the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. Without a doubt. Anytime eating's involved, we're going to throw it in there sportly. Absolutely. All right, well, the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest, according to legend, started in 1916 with four immigrants who wanted to prove who was the most patriotic by seeing who could eat the most hot dogs. We don't know if this is completely true, but a lot of the different sources we use said it was so we're just gonna go with it i love that it's legend and that like newspapers have researched to try to figure out who these people were that happened and it might have been made up i just love that nobody knows the troubles they've seen is there a better way of deciding who's most patriotic other than eating hot dogs no maybe arm wrestling apple pie maybe i like pie pie's good okay so this is now a yearly tradition at coney island happens on the 4th of July every year. Sometimes they, they did it during other holidays throughout the years. In the 70s and early 80s, I think they did it on like Memorial Day and Flag Day. and They've only missed like one or two since like the 70s, which is crazy. Yeah. They missed a couple during World War II and it just keeps going on. Now this is kind of like uh, throughout history, it's kind of like a, it's like an everyman sport. Troy and I could go compete if we could qualify for it. I don't think we could, but... Probably not at this point. Uh, <laughs> Out of our prime. Right. <laughs> but it's just a contest of eating hot dogs. Uh, random people will do it. Now, it started being aired on ESPN in 2003 when it, they showed a recording of it, and it's been live since 2004. But we're going to start our story in the year 2000. The last record set by someone who wasn't a professional eater... In the year 2000, a 100-pound, 32-year-old mattress salesman from Japan from Japan, ate 25 and a half hot dogs, which at the time was a big deal. Huge. I mean, you're going to set a world record in the year 2000 after this competition has been around for so long, and 25.5. And at that time, it's changed recently, but 2000, you had 12 minutes to eat it, so you're eating just a little over two dogs a minute. Which seems like a lot, until we get to the following year, 2001, when the world of competitive hot dog eating gets turned upside down by one man, Takuro Tsunami Kobayashi. Man of many, many nicknames, but the Tsunami, I think, is our favorite. That's, that's what one. we used. It. That was a, that's a good one. It's very descriptive. I like the hurricane, too, though. Yeah. Anything Some like sort that. of storm. Yeah. Tornado. That's okay. Fog. Wind. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, in 2001, he ate 50 hot dogs 
in 12 minutes. Almost doubling the record of what was 25 and a half. While standing, he's standing next to William the Refrigerator Perry that year, right? 2003. Oh, a different year. Okay. That was later in his run. Well, in 2001, he ate 50 hot dogs and basically changed the way that it works. And the popularity, like, skyrockets at this point. He introduced something to the world of competitive eating that you wouldn't think it would need. Training. Yeah. New techniques, not just shoving them into your face hole. The old dip in the bun in the water and then squeezing the water out, making it easier to go down the gullet. The shaking as he's eating it to help it go down into his stomach. I do that that with the waffle dippers. (laughs) (laughs) Now, after he did this, this, I remember this. I remember this. This was big news. And then that's when it really blew up. And it led to um, the world of competitive eating, like as a, as a league. Around that time, they created the Major League of Eating, the MLE. The old MLE. Now, once the competition made its way to ESPN in 2003, uh, ESPN actually signed the contract with MLE, which added some weird roles that went along with it. So in 2003, they actually did a celebrity entrant, what we kind of talked about a little bit ago, and they had to qualify for it. And the refrigerator Perry, the old Bears player, ate 12 hot dogs during the the qualifier. qualifier. In the competition, he tapped out after five minutes and ate four hot dogs. This is a large amphibian. If you've never, if you don't know who this is, this is a large, large man. In five minutes, he ate four hot dogs. I think just being next to Kobayashi when he's eating would be enough to be like, what are we doing here? Yeah. Why did we show up to work today? Exactly. So Kobayashi, in his little baby run, he won six straight. So 2001 through 2006, he was the champion. In those years, he went 50, 50 and a half, 44 and a half, 53 and a half, 49, and 53... Point seven five, which in 2006 is the record. That's a lot of hot dogs. In 12 minutes at that time. In 12 minutes, that's a lot. Now, a couple things happened there, or after that. The biggest being that we got ourselves a new challenger. Joey Chestnut shows up. USA. If you've watched the hot dog eating contest (laughs) any time in the last... What, like 14 years, 15 years? 14, yeah. You know who Joey Chestnut is. He's the guy that is dominated from then on. Um, So the two of these people, the two juggernauts of the hot dog eating contest, they would do battle from 2007 to 2009. Joey Chestnut won all three, including a five hot dog playoff when they tied in 2008. So the last 12-minute run was in 2007, which was the first year that Joey Chestnut won. He came in, and he goes, what's your record, 53.75? No, I'm going to go 66 burger on your face. And I think that's what pushed Kobayashi to go to his best ever, which was 63. So that first year, we got a barn burner breaking out. Bet the over, you know what I mean? No defense is being played. All sorts of hot dogs are flopping around. So as Zach just mentioned, 2008, they tied at 59 hot dogs. And this is the first year it dropped down to 10 minutes instead of 12. So what it was, it was a five <laughs> hot dog eat-off. Six a minute. 
What? Six a minute? Yeah, at this point. <laughs> Ridiculous. So in 2008, they do a five hot dog eat-off. So after they've eaten 59 hot dogs, like, what? No, you guys shall eat five more. So Joey Chestnut goes, okay, 50 seconds. Kobayashi does it in 57, and that's where he gets his back-to-back championship. Two-time champ the two years that he's beat Kobe in a row. The following year, he would also beat him in 2009. We had another world record for Chestnut. He goes 68 burger, and Kobayashi can only muster 64 and a half. What a chop. (laughs) (laughs) All right, the following year, the MLE would get a little stricter in order to be in the Nathan's Hot Dog Contest. You have to join the tour. You gotta you gotta be a member of the MLE to join this. Yeah, it's not like uh, it's like joining the PGA, where you kind of have to play all of them to be to be in there to kind of qualify yeah. for the big ones. You can't just go play the Masters. Yeah, I, I'm not in the PGA tour, but I'm gonna play in the Masters this year. Right. <laughs> so and they eat all kinds of stuff in the MLE. So it's not just hot dogs. They're eating pizza. They're eating mayonnaise. They're eating. Oysters and all kinds of weird stuff. We looked up a lot of Joey Chestnut's records, and the one that I saw that I thought was outrageous. In eight minutes, he ate 4.375 three-pound apple pies. (laughs) (laughs) If that's not patriotic, nothing is. No, I thought I'd throw that in there for you. That is amazing. So 2010, they're not letting Kobayashi participate. He decided he didn't want to be in the MLE. Um, they were, when you sign those contracts, not only do you have to compete in all these weird contests throughout the year and travel around, but they also limit what you can earn from sponsorships and that kind of stuff. And at this time, Kobayashi's pretty popular. He's in Twinkie commercials and FedEx commercials and all kinds of weird stuff. And he's making money, you know. The well kind of dried up pretty quick on him. Um, Once you disappear. But he wanted to have that flexibility, um, which, which I understand. So he says, oh, I can't participate. I'm going to show up anyways. So it's 2010. He uh, just shows up in the audience. And the audience starts chanting his name during the competition because they want to see, you know, round four of these two heavyweights just yeah. going toe-to-toe. So after the event, he claims he goes up on the stage to congratulate Joey Chestnut. The police officers don't agree with him, and he gets arrested. <laughs> he had like four charges against him. Just all sorts of just weird charges. Now, the following year, it gets even weirder. So we have our competition. Joey Chestnut wins again. But in Manhattan, on a rooftop somewhere, during a simulcast on the 4th of July, Kobayashi is having his own contest going at the same time, and he eats 69, which would have won the contest. Not only that, it would have, would have, it set, would have set the record as well. well. Well, he had the world record because the, he had people there watching it. So he, he didn't win the competition because he wasn't in the competition. But he now has a world record of 69 hot dogs in 10 minutes. It's just ridiculous. Because that year, Chestnut only ate 62. So he would have beat him by Well, there's seven. no one there pushing him. That's the problem that I have. Because even in 2010, the year before, he had such a runaway win, he only ate 54 hot dogs. Right. If you're not pushed to greatness, you just... That was really the last time we saw Kobayashi, too, was in 2011, 
Um, I'm sure he's getting older at this point because he'd been in the competition for 10 years. I think he's in his 40s. He was 23 the first year he came in, in 2001, so plus 1942. That's got to be past your prime. Oh, without a doubt. Even for a professional leader. I don't even know how old Joey Chestnut is. <laughs> so that was the last one we had. Um, Joey Chestnut has won 13 of the 14 years that he's competed. Or that he's won 13 of the last 14. His only losses in 2015 to Matt Stoney, where Stoney ate 62 and Chestnut was able to only get 60 down. Matt Stoney is pretty awesome if you've never seen him before. He's got a really fun YouTube channel. Not to talk about other ones on ours, but <laughs> I saw one where he went to Olive Garden when they had like, or he went to Red Lobster when they had like all-you-could-eat shrimp, and they videotaped him just eating over and over and over and over again. That's ridiculous. That's awesome. So this year, actually, Chestnut went for the world record, 75. That's a lot of hot dogs. I and mean, they're doing 10-minute contests now? Yeah, since 2008. Joey Chestnut, he's the GOAT, man. I mean, I love Kobayashi, and he's the reason that we all watch and care about this thing, but Joey Chestnut is the GOAT. I just think it was such a great rivalry between the two of them. Right. I think it kind of takes away from the story that they didn't just let him be in this competition. Right. I mean, he's been in it for nine years at that point. Has had six first places and three second places, and you're not going to let the guy compete. I know that right. there's rules. You can't just, I don't know. It takes away a lot of the story. Fun rivalry, though. We watch it every year. That's my favorite. That's one of my favorite parts of the 4th of July. I think it's supplanted fireworks for me. Definitely for me. I mean, yeah. that's just gets your blood just oozing red, white, and blue. Yeah, we're on the West Coast, too, so it's like right when you wake up, it's hot dog eating contest time. So a little thing that we're going to do this week, um, if you guys haven't checked out our YouTube page yet, Spivey Special Podcast, Zach and I are going to go ahead, and we're going to go ahead and do our own little hot dog eating contest, but we thought five hot dogs like they did it in 2008 for the eat-off was too easy, so... I'm going to say it right now so we can't change it. <laughs> We're going five chili dog eat off. We'll have it up on our. It'll be up on YouTube. Check it out. Get your bets in when you hear this. <laughs> We're going to know who wins. So if you guys want to get some <laughs> money with us, let us know. All right. I think, I think that's all we got. That was a fun sports jog. I just wanted to make sure that we got to honor the Nathan's hot dog eating contest. Yeah, anytime that, and it's com and it's competitors. Anytime there's a major league sport that we possibly had a chance at joining. I don't think we can compete. I saw those videos of Kobayashi and he's working out and he's got like a six pack. I can't compete with that. All right, like year two thousand. I think we could eat close to twenty five. I eat twenty five right now. Bring them on. I don't think you could. Challenge. Let's do it. Put it up on the page. Bring me 25 cooked hot dogs and some big cups of water from my buns. Uncooked. No water. Only relish. That's gross. <laughs> I'd do it, though. All right. All right. It. All right. I think that's all we got for Sports Jug. We'll come back with you next week with another uh, 
Something. Sports joggy-oggy. Something joggy, yeah. Because we ain't running. We ain't running. All right, well, that's going to wrap up the show. Another fun one in the books. Can you believe we've done 40 of these things now? I can't. I'm glad that we've just started doing the crazy recipes offline. So if we've done 40 straight of these, we'd be a lot bigger than we are now. Yeah, I don't know if my heart can hold up to 40 of those. It will. You've done it for 34 years, so... (laughs) Fair enough. All right, well, make sure... uh, Thanks for listening to the podcast. Make sure to watch us on our YouTube, this Bivy Special Podcast. You can find us there. Subscribe to our page. We're going to be sending out a lot more videos throughout the week, like we talked about, Zach. And myself will be doing a chili dog eat-off at some point. We're going to have that up on our YouTube page. Make sure to check us out on social media at Spivey Special, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Tag us in your weird recipes that you've got. If you've got a weird sports story you think would be fun for us to talk about, let us know that. If you don't like the way Troy looks, also send us a message through social media or also through our website, SpiveySpecialPodcast.com. You can contact us. You can also see pictures uh, of the food. Our recipes will be up there. All those different things that just make this show so awesome. All right, I think that's all we got. Troy, you got anything else? Zach, you're fat. Troy, you're fat. Later. Later.